spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I've dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ern's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andy Ern from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken hi guys andy n spoken able back in the house we're on zoom again today and i've got a recommendation today i love recommendations kudos to clive osman for this one he recommended this lady to me and i'll let her introduce herself in a second but she's got plenty to talk about here today, definitely. So, Chloe, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell, sure. you, tell them who you are. And tell us, I want to know a little bit about your background in France, because you just told me that, which I didn't know about. <laughs> and we'll start from there. Hi, uh, my name is Chloe Jacquet. I am a poet, spoken word artist based in Sirencester. Um yeah, like yeah, like we were just talking about, I am half French and half English, um, so grew up in France. Um, that's where I started, started writing as a kid. Um, I, it, it was sort of, I think, the thing that got me the most into poetry was uh, Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes. Which oh, is, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I, I got given a cassette tape of it. And I listened to it. I mean, I can still pretty much recite them off by heart. It was so fun, and the rhymes are amazing. And it's cheeky, you know. He's 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 messing around with classics and fairy tales and whatever. And I thought that was brilliant. And yeah, that got me that got me into writing. But um, I sort of didn't really go anywhere because it wasn't particularly promoted. Uh, your own creativity wasn't promoted uh, in the school system that I was in, so it sort of went aside, which was a shame, but, you know, dabbled a little bit. And then I liked to perform, so I was doing some amateur dramatics and all that. Um, and then I discovered slam poetry, at which point I was like, oh, well, I can combine two things that I really like. And so I gave it a go and started writing things and entering slams and it went quite well. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me before, weren't you? You started off originally back at the back of the 2015 with this really, didn't you? So Yeah, I lost uh, I lost my job and so suddenly I was between jobs and I had three months 
and I have time. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, right. So I've written a couple of bits. I'm going to head off to some open mics. And I mean, I was terrified. <laughs> As you are <laughs> first time, yeah. <laughs> my God, I always have so much respect for anybody who's you know going for the first time. But yeah, so I went to a few open mics, gave things a go, and then into the slam and sort of got the bug from there, really. Yeah, it's never gone away now. Obviously, I know... We're going, to, we're going to touch on obviously what you said. I know you know from your bio, so we'll touch on a bit of this. But I know originally um, you've also you did win the 2017 Oxford Hammer and Tong Slam Champion, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that was a uh... that's a mouthful to have that one. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the Hammer and Tong circuit is sort of the leading slam circuit in the UK. I suppose it's like regional um, slams, and then um, I. I sort of qualified for their area championship by entering a slam at the Cowley Road Festival in Oxford. I was working in Oxford at the time, won that, which qualified me for the, the regional final. And I went and I won that, which was incredible. Wow, that meant, brilliant. Yeah, that meant I qualified for the the national slam, the Hammer and Tongue National Slam finals at the Royal Albert Hall, which... Um, was a very overwhelming experience because uh, I was unbelievably nervous. I did all right. I got to the semi-finals of that, which actually was pretty amazing. Oh, that's excellent. No, the way I always look at it, if you get to that sort of stage and if you major like that, you don't, yeah, my opinion, it, it doesn't matter if you win it or not. In fact, oh. you can say you've got to the semi-final. That's that's, that's some going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was I was really proud. Uh, I was um, unbelievably nervous, um, but then I managed to qualify again the following year, um, and I was really glad about that because I wanted to go back and do it again, knowing what to expect. Um, and I had again I reached the semi final. Um, I had to go through more rounds to get it. It's just the way it's because I wasn't a, a, a regional champion. I had to do more rounds to get there. So I did a lot of poems, but it was one of those amazing, slightly out of body experiences where everything goes amazingly well. Like you're, you're in the zone and you're in the moment and it was unbelievable. That was like one of the best experiences of my life. And uh, I don't think you can top it. That was incredible. Oh yeah, no, completely. I think it's when you're doing stuff like that, it's like you're looking next thinking, where can I, where do I go next to with creativity like that? And yeah. I've had there's a common myth gone now that I think you're gonna agree with me in this one. It's like you peak sometimes in the state we've done something like that, you think, how do I top that? But I think as creative people, there's always ways of doing it, isn't there? Really? So I think so. And I think that is um it is something that I really struggle with, is I despite the achievements and despite all the things that I have done. I am always doubting myself. I am always second guessing myself. I am always comparing myself to others. And, but I think that's where creativity comes from because if you're always thinking like that, you're always going to be seeking the next thing, always pushing yourself to, to discover something new, to try something new, to write something new. And Yeah, that's what I'm a firm believer in that. Firm believer in that. I was telling you before about high, my love of haikus. And yeah. I hadn't even wrote a haiku to lockdown last year. Really? Yeah, and I've, I've, done, I've done the two books in them now. It's just, I think there's that. It just, it's where it goes. Like I said, I think over lockdown, it's give us chance on it to look at things in different ways. And you keep pushing ourselves as artists. 
Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, creativity is such an important outlet. But equally, it can really hurt if you're going through a dry spell or you're having a moment of self-doubt and you go to an open mic night or, or whatever. And there's all these people who are, you know, um, very prolific. And I am not a prolific writer. So that's something that I really struggle with all the time. I love to write and I want to write, but it's often not there. And if I try and force it, it comes out so crap. <laughs> um, join, join at the club. That's all I'm going to say there. Yeah, <laughs> I've exactly. got books so, of rubbish knocking. <laughs> right, like so much stuff. Or even like, you know, you write down four lines and you're like, no, there's no point. This is terrible. Or I'm trying to sound like somebody else. And, you know, I'm envious of somebody else. And, and that's, you know, it's like this constant internal struggle of like, I haven't written anything in two months. Does that mean I'm crap? Because you very quickly forget that past body of work, don't you? You're always looking for the new thing, but it doesn't work like that, sadly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. It comes naturally. I mean, I mean, writing and creativity is always an organic process anyway. It's like, I think, and I also believe it, there's always a return to crap among before you get to the good stuff. Oh, God, yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to write the crap. And then amongst it, there'll be that, you know, speck of gold. But, um, yeah. It's interesting what you were saying about the pandemic, because for me, actually, hmm. it's a barrier to creativity because I had nothing to say. Like, everything was, like, it was just really confusing. Like, what's yeah, going on? I think on? it's, gone, it's like, gone that way for everybody. I think it really has. No, some people have had loads of time and, and had loads of inspiration, and, and, you know, the time has been beneficial for them because they've been able to, to use that time for the creativity that normally other things have got in the way. Uh, I just blocked massively. I have managed to unblock it, but it went. I went through such a massive dry spell. No, I can believe you that straight away. And it's like you were you were telling me obviously before, and obviously we can lead into this naturally now, can't we? Look at this now for leading about your book that came out in lockdown last year. Yeah, we. I was. Um, so I've got this book that came out called "Take It by the Line," and it's published by Black Eyes Publishing UK, and we were working on it before the pandemic and we sort of thought well let's delay releasing it because hey who knew how long this thing was going to take right this pandemic um but then you know ultimately we realized we couldn't keep holding off we didn't know how long this thing was going to last I mean we had no idea it would be over a year now yeah uh, but so yeah <laughs> releasing the book during lockdown yeah yeah now obviously um I was like, I don't know, when people start talking about books and stuff, where did the title for the book come from? Uh, it comes from one of the poems within mm. it, which I'm, I'm hoping to share with you later. Wicked. Um, <laughs> the, the poem is called The Dealer, and one of the lines is, take it by the line. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to give more away, because... You'll hear it in the poem. But yeah, we'll, well, no, we'll, we'll say no, nothing else about that then. Okay, um, over the book then, was the book quite a long process to write then? Because you see, we were not writing very quick. So I wasn't, yeah, I, it wasn't, I wasn't writing specifically for the book. It was a case of, I got to a point where I felt I had enough material to put together a collection and so I approached Black, Black Eyes Publishing uh, UK and we worked together and 
it wasn't the easiest thing for them because to be honest I came with way too much material because I get very close to everything that I write and it's hard for me sometimes to sort out what's good and what isn't and what might not work within the collection because I formulate personal attachment because obviously it's very personal stuff that you've written so I had to work with them a lot to figure out what was worth putting in what fitted in and what we should leave out um, and a lot of my work is geared to an audience rather than page poetry um, that's just the way I write mostly what I write is for a stage is sort of I'm, I'm more I mean it's all poetry but spoken word rather than page um, so there, there we had to adapt as well there was quite a lot of editing required so that it was as good as it could be on the page so we could sort of transpose that experience of hearing it on a stage but when you're reading it on the page yeah yeah I was going to ask you about that because there is obviously I think a big difference between actual straight page poetry, straight performance poetry. And I know you can get the hybrid, and that's where your case of the bean is obviously trying to get the level right where it crosses over into both markets, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously you can perform poetry that's from a page, you can read it, and equally you can read poetry that is meant for an audience. But I like to use props in certain poems. I sort of write from the point of view of a character sometimes which you can do a lot with on a stage so then you have to make sure that you, there is enough within the text if it's on a page so that the reader is going to be able to visualize um how that could look yeah yeah that's straight away get your meaning that straight away so brilliant okay now i want to ask you i'm going to change topics now but i'm just Interesting. So I've noticed looking at your Facebook page and Chloe J poem that you read out. You read out um, a slam in New Zealand recently. Yeah, yeah, that's the joys of Zoom, isn't it? Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you about experience of Zoom in a minute, but I've I've heard about. I think it's the same night I've heard about. There were a couple of mutual friends of ours about this night in New Zealand. So tell us the experience then of basically. I presume get up at five o'clock in the morning to read. Was it? <laughs> No, actually, it wasn't so bad because of it's because it's British summertime here. That gives us an extra hour. So it started at 8.30 British time, I think. Oh, that's, the, not, that's not too the, severe. <laughs> on a Sunday, so, you know, that's okay. Um, and we the Slammers had to be on for sound checks and stuff half an hour before to 8. So, you know, that's not so bad. In the winter... Um, it's an hour earlier, so that's a little bit rougher on Sunday. But um, it's it's very interesting because it's their evening. So there's people there, you know, having a glass of wine or whatever. And for me, it was obviously breakfast time. That was a bit weird, like, oh. Yeah, remember I say, you couldn't have a glass of wine that time in the morning. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the, the, the joyful thing. One positive thing about these Zoom events is that you can go places that you wouldn't obviously in real life. And that brings a whole new level of accessibility. Um, even within your same country and your same time zone, you know, it, it sort of removes some of the barriers that disabled people have to face in terms yeah, of traveling, yeah. uh, venues, the accessibility of venues and all people who might be nervous about going out on their own or whatever suddenly... Can do all these things within your home 
yeah, it's changing certainly because I know two poets. Uh, it's one that's deaf and one that's also um, she, he's in a wheelchair, and it's made life a lot easier for both those two straight away. It has, and that gets, and it'd be interesting to see if lockdown lifts and goes back to some kind of normality. What happens next, really, isn't it? So, which I think is is a funny one at the moment. So. I think some uh, some events are hoping to either be able to do both or somehow hybridise so that you could um, project the Zoom audience, you know, have a screen or something so that there are Zoom participants as well as the live participants and, and have the two, which I think would be fantastic. Yeah, I do as well. It's good luck to people doing that, definitely. So now, obviously, it's hard to plan at the moment, obviously, for yourself, eh, where, where your writing is going to go. Obviously, we're still... We've been more primary performance poet. Do you envisage if lockdown lifts, do you be out touring your book properly then? Or yeah, I'd like to. Um, we we did a, an online launch, which was fab because again it was on Zoom, so there were people who were able to attend who um, wouldn't have been able to if it was a live event. But when you go and you know get feature slots at um, live gigs it's very easy for somebody to come up to the poet afterwards and say I really like what you did can I buy your book whereas on a zoom thing you're you're relying on people remembering to then later on log in and and, and, and buy your book or whatever and um I'm hoping well I am lined up for WOMAD festival if it happens oh brilliant good luck good luck good luck um, the festival always wanted to go to WOMAD definitely oh it's fantastic and I'm so looking forward to it it was supposed to go last year and hopefully this year but those when are, is it is it August that nowadays WOMAD late is it? July it's late, late July, July. The, fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah very much but the joy of the festival is that um you get people who aren't there for poetry but walk past and they're like oh this is interesting or, you know, they're a bit hungover on a Sunday morning, so they think they're going to sit at a quiet spot and then they get to hear some poetry. So you get the non-poet crowds, which are my favourite. I love non-poet crowds because I love to show people how great poetry is, especially people who think they don't like it because they might have had a bad experience at school or, or you know, just got bored of Shakespeare or all that. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> no, good luck with definitely with that. So I know what you mean up here. Now. We've got... Obviously, my partner and Amanda, we're going to do it. We've had two offers coming already for open air festivals. We're going to do only small ones, but they're still, they're still great to do. So, yeah. Yeah. And we've both said already, like, it's going to be like last time we, you think last time we performed live was February last year for us two. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's going to be terrifying. So, we'll see so on that one. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm really nervous about. The first live gig I do is such a big festival as WOMAD and I've had no practice before that I'm, I'm gonna go to pieces <laughs> yeah same thing I'll be honest with you, I'm worried about that myself actually this guy we've got bits and pieces coming up but we're used to doing it on zoom now but if you're how you look you're looking at people's eyeballs it's just gonna be played strange it's, it's very different so I think well maybe I might just have to go to the local park on a Sunday and just start shouting <laughs> poetry at people just so I can <laughs> practice delivering yeah. to an audience yeah. without just stop run to get all the dog walkers <laughs> yeah absolutely because <laughs> um, like yeah I didn't want to go in there having not not done anything live live um, yeah well good luck there definitely so right well that's pretty well covered all my questions are we anyway to be honest with you so right and um, to conclude then obviously if people want to get a hold of your book first of all where are the best going for it 
So the best thing is to go to my website, which is uh, chloejpoetry.com, uh, because that's directly through me and I can sign it. Um, and uh, that's obviously better, but you can go to any bookshop and ask for it, Take It By The Line by Chloe Jacquet. Um, alternatively, um, all the online retailers and online bookshops. Yeah, will... all good, as you always say in some podcasts, all good and evil news sellers, or bookshops. All good ones, all evil ones, yeah, you can find <laughs> it, but... Um, yeah, the best thing is my website. Brilliant. I know you've got a page on Facebook as well, because I've been, I've been referring to that during this podcast. So if you, I could tell people that's Chloe J. Poem. You look for that on Facebook as well. So Yeah, Chloe J. Poetry. Yeah. Oh, poetry. Oh, my, my eyes, my eyes are going. <laughs> poetry. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's, all, it's the same across all the social readers, you know, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. So it's, it's not, and the website, so it's not Oh, that's all right. So, okay. Well, that's it on this side, Chloe. It's been brilliant today. Thank you for this. Yeah. I know you're going to do some poems for us next, aren't you now? So, I'm going to let you take a break. And take, we'll be right back, guys and girls. See you all in a minute. Spock. Spock. Straight over to Chloe. She's going to do some pieces for us. Go for it, Chloe. Right. So, this first one is from my book, and I mentioned it earlier. This is the one called The Dealer. Uh, this has props. Um, there's a video for it actually that you can see on my website and my social media um, but so I'll leave it to your imagination on the props hey Psst. hey you looking for a fix I've got some of the highest grade shit come come over here seriously it's some of the finest gear you'll find on the street it's pure not cut 100% neat. I'll do you a deal. I'll do it for cheap. You look like a discerning customer. Tell me, what is it you're after? I've got the stuff that will blow your mind. The trippy, psychedelic kind. It's called Allen Ginsberg. You take it by the line and I guarantee you a bloody good time. If you're bouncing off the walls and you feel you need a downer, or you're having issues with your father, a touch of Sylvia Plath under the tongue is the dose you're after. If you're the kind of person who likes to booze, a shot of Dylan Thomas is what you might choose. It will be like there are words dancing in your ear. Or perhaps you'd like a bit of Shakespeare. You can swallow one sonnet for that warm, loving feeling, or two for a bit of that midsummer night's dream. But don't take any more, the come down can be brutal. I knew this young couple that were left suicidal. And if you do feel like you're drowning, a huff of Stevie Smith will have you waving and back to raving. Now, don't be such a cliche. I don't have any Molly, but I do have some Holly, McNish. That will show you reality like it really is. And chances are you'll want to get naked. If you want to dance to the beat of a London street, try a bump of Kate Tempest. Sure, it might make you feel sad or stressed, but I promise you'll no longer feel repressed. Over here, I've got some rupee core, if something a bit more instant is what you're looking for. Now this, this is some Oscar Wilde. Does what it says on the tin, it's far from mild. I even saw this chap once hallucinate that he was in a handbag as a child. For a similar effect, if you're planning a road trip, a dab of Chaucer inside your lip and it'll be like you've got company. You'll hear loads of voices talking funny or for something just as effective, but a little bit cheaper. What I have here is the open mic regular. 
Now, this is one you can directly inject and it's hardly likely to show up in a test. So, what do you want for your next fix? Don't worry with these, you can pick and mix. Basically, all of this can take you on an unbelievable trip with no sweating, no gurning, there might even be some learning. Sure, it might make your brain swell, but that's from all the extra grey cells. So, do you want to buy some poetry? It might just make you see the world differently. Tremendous, excellent stuff. I, I knew about that piece. Um, Clive, Clive was going on about that one to me. Was the one I spoke to him. So, is that when you do longer sets? That feels like a songs like a piece you start sets off with that one, really. I do. I like to. Yeah, you uh, can tell. <laughs> especially, especially on Zoom, it works well because I'm not on the screen, and then I suddenly appear, like you know, and then, like I said, the props is like books, poetry books in plastic baggies. Ah, that's on the goes of your your Facebook page, your website. I've seen those pictures knocking around, so that explains why. Yeah, there's a. I did a. I did a film of it with a um a producer, director, poet, you know, poet lady called Stephanie Cobbin, and we've submitted it to film festivals and. It's had tremendous success. It's had, I think, eight film festival nominations, you know, UK, America, Greece, Germany. I mean, it's doing really well. So that's very really good. no congratulations. Well done with that straight away. So, <laughs> okay, we better, better get you moving on now. Then I'll move a bit all night otherwise. <laughs> so. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, next, I was going to read. This one, we were talking earlier about the pressure we put on ourselves and uh, how I, I have a terrible tendency to compare myself to other poets and poets who write beautiful lyrical stuff with amazing imagery that I, I'm sort of more straightforward in a way. Um, and so that's based on this and it's called I Want to Write Poems. I want to write poems just like them with imagery infused with so much beauty, I lose the meaning. Like, she was the silk woven in the trees and my heart was a carriage full of carnage. When I glanced at my palm, it was glistening with silence. And you, all you could do was turn your back on your leg, whilst the spatulas stood singing their chorus of blood. I dropped to my knees onto the accordion its sigh ripping right through my sellotape. My shoulders nothing more than a fridge with a faulty light. Dawn brought with it clouds, a fog in basement pain in which I lost my entire self. No, not just myself, but you too. For your toweling had become the melancholy union of womb and spreadsheet. And if I cannot be salt, then how can we be free? I must resign myself to my MOT. For only then will you truly see the magic of your own turquoise. Oh, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, that. It's, uh, yeah, beautiful yet silly. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those ones where I, I've got the emotion in it, but I like the silliness in it as well, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I get, you know, these people that write beautiful poetry, I just get lost in the words and I lose all the meaning, and so I sort of went the other way. <laughs> I like it. My sort, my sort of style, like definitely go go for the tangent to catch people out. <laughs> yes, yes, I like it as well. Um, so the next piece I wanted to do, um, I wrote for International Women's Day, um, but I feel like it shouldn't be limited to a day, and it's called "I Am Woman." 
I am woman and today is my day. In that time, I might not get to go to school, but I will be a child bride 33,000 times. That's once every 2.5 seconds. My genitals will be cut 8,219 times. I will be trafficked 2,200 times. I will be sexually assaulted 411,000 times. I will be murdered by my partner or a family member 137 times. When countries are in conflict, my body will often be used as spoils of war. Today, I will do 16 billion hours of unpaid domestic and care work. I will spend 110 million hours collecting water. Chances are I won't be allowed to own any land and I probably won't have a bank account. When I do work, my wages will be about 20% less than a man's. I will have less than a quarter representation in government. On this day, I will birth 385,000 babies. I will die every two minutes doing so. I will have an unwanted pregnancy 331,500 times. I will have an unsafe abortion 68,500 times. I will die 82 times in the process. As someone said, who runs the world? Girls. Who ruins girls? The world. But you already know all this. None of this is new. You've given me one day. I have work to do. Brilliant. Again, no, that's 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 really powerful, that indeed. So I'm reading a book at a minute, maybe think of that. Um by it's um by the Empire Empire magazine journalist Helen O'Hara called Women versus Hollywood. And that touches a very similar ground to that. I said that's more like the way women were treated over when during the early days making films. Mm. And it made me think a lot of that then straight away in a different way. So yeah. I can well imagine that took that took you a while to write that because I can see by the way the figures you were quoting on it. Uh, yeah, a lot of research. I mean, uh, I, I've got I've all the, the sources. It's all uh, UN Women and um, sources like that. Uh, but yes, it took it took a long time to get all the data right and figuring out a lot of yearly data, breaking it down to a day. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it's that something you, you, I like it. People you do poems like that because you could tell that. The emotion has gone into it by the research, you can feel it from your words you're bringing out. It means yeah, a lot to you. And I want it to be exact and scientific, and these are the facts. Um, because yeah, I found it would be very powerful. powerful. It works, that most definitely works at that one. So excellent. Okay, I uh, did we say four or five pieces today? I forgot well, I've only got one left. Yeah, so one's one's great. That's fine with you. This is um. This is possibly the poem that I am the most proud of. In those days, you know, when I, we were talking earlier about um, self-doubt and all of that, when I'm having a bad one, <laughs> I was like, nothing I've ever written is any good, except the, <laughs> except the courtroom. The courtroom is good. Then I remind myself that the other stuff is good too, but this is the one that I am the most proud of. So to finish off is the courtroom. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Bless so. you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you must find my client, the defendant, not guilty on the counts of grievous bodily harm and aggravated robbery. We are about to prove that it was not the fault of the accused that she robbed the jewellery shop and that the owner got shot. Of course, I do sympathise that the owner was terrified when she aimed the gun between his eyes. 
prosecution went into great detail about how he no longer feels safe working in retail and he can't sleep at night and wakes up in the fright at the slightest noise. But, ladies and gentlemen, he had a choice. Ask yourselves this. Why was he open so late? Doesn't that feel a bit like bait? Why would he put himself in that position? Opposing counsel say he's trying to earn a living, but if you ask me, he might just have known exactly what he was doing. I'd go so far as saying that he was asking for it, and we are only here because now he regrets it. Case in point, he chose to put all his best, most enticing stock in his window display. There is no better way to say, come and get it, you know you want it. That, right there, was provocation. A downright, blatant invitation. It was all out there for all to see. If he didn't want to be robbed, he should have had more modesty. So I am sure you will all agree that that proves consent to the robbery. Furthermore, ladies and gentlemen, it just boils down to estrogen. Girls will be girls. Prosecution claims this was a disturbing act, but it is a fact that girls are drawn to things that are pretty, such as jewellery, that it has nothing to do with greed and is actually a biological need. Therefore, to take it is their right. So there isn't even a crime here to indict. Finally, dear members of the jury, it would not be in the interest of justice to find the defendant guilty. It would ruin her career prospects and put an end to her sporting prowess. She is an accomplished athlete and the sentence would mean she can no longer compete. And hasn't she already been punished enough by being dragged through this ludicrous trial during which she has been defiled and which for her has been exceedingly tough? She's been vilified on social media. She can't go out without people shouting at her. The guilty sentence would be too high a price to pay for 20 minutes of action anyway. In summary, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you cannot blame a lady for wanting to take jewellery that was put on blatant display late at night. So you must do what is right. You must reject this so-called victim's fanciful claims that he now finds himself at pains to live a normal life and that everything is all struggle and strife as my learned colleagues have eloquently argued. And you must be more shrewd. He wanted it. He was asking for it. It was not my client's fault for taking it. Therefore, she must be acquitted. I rest my case. Fantastic. Great way of finishing that off that one there, Chloe, straight away. Now, obviously, people will know me, and I'm not going to go into more details on that, what, about the day job, but I can, I can see that one pretty clear. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to go more details. <laughs> but no, no, that's excellent. That was really, really, really vivid. And I like the satirical nature of it as well, too. You, you could touch in a few bits and pieces there. So, yeah, yeah fantastic. Been a great session today, Chloe. I've really enjoyed this. So, well, thank you for having me. So have I. Been a pleasure. Today. Thank you again. Now, hang around because I need to speak off mic. Anyway, a couple of things you need to go through. But thank you again. It's been fantastic, this one. Thank you. Take care, guys and girls. I'll see you all soon. Spoken, mate. <laughs>